Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Daily Post podcast with Sachin Hadao and Milan Bandari, where we will be talking about all things worth talking about in the magical world of the NBA. I am your co-host, Milan Bandari. And I'm Sachin Hadao. And today we are going to be covering legends who weren't first overall, weren't even close, and why they were picked at low overalls and how a redraft might have changed these picks. All right, let's get right into it. The first player that we are going to be covering is Dennis Rodman, also known as the Worm. So Dennis Rodman was taken 27th overall in the 1986 NBA draft by the Detroit Pistons. And when he was in this, he started off like he had a really he's a really good player. Like if you guys don't know, Dennis Rodman, two-time defensive player of the year, seven-time rebound champ, eight-time all-defensive. So, why was he taken so late in the draft, the second round? I mean, you don't even get to shake the commissioner's hand. So, Charles Barkley went to Oklahoma for Southern Oklahoma State University. And fun fact, he's the only NBA player from Southern Oklahoma State University to make it into the NBA. So Dennis Rodman, if you guys don't know, Dennis Rodman, he's not a good scorer, but in college, he averaged he averaged 25.7 points per game and 15 rebounds. So that's a pretty soft, those are pretty good numbers. And so you would expect someone with those numbers to be taken higher, but he didn't because his team wasn't so good and he wasn't playing against elite tier competition. So Sachin, do you want to elaborate on some of Dennis Rodman's accolades and where do you think that Dennis Rodman would land in a redraft considering the draft class that he was in? Okay, the 86 draft class was no 84. I understand that, or 2003, but it was still a fairly loaded draft class. However, 27th overall, for Dennis Rodman is unfair. Career averages of 7.5 points per game and 7.3 rebounds per game. What Considered one of the greatest rebounders of all time and really did help with that. The greatest. The greatest rebounder. Um, I would That's disagree it. with that. Uh, he averaged 7.3 for his career. 7.3. No, you no, know, first career he didn't average seven point three. He averaged thirteen rebounds for his career. For um, anywho, so um, so in that draft class, Sachin, if you don't know, um, it was the best players in that notable players: Jeff Hornacek, Ron Harper, Del Curry, Mark Price, and um, Scott Scott. My point exactly. You have amazing guards. You have amazing guards, and Dennis Rodman looked pretty promising, but. Um, it was kind of like I would describe his um, his draft position before that draft similar to how people describe Draymond Green when he was heading into the draft. Low risk, low, low reward. Now, in no way am I saying Dennis Rodman was a low reward at the end of his career. In no way am I saying that. I'm saying that pre-NBA career, that's probably what people would look at him as. So the Pistons selected him, and they thought they got a pretty solid guy, which they did. They got even more than that. They got one of the greatest rebounders of all time. Will average like double that, 
but um, that's for a bit later. Dennis Rodman was an amazing player, and he was rebound first, then score. He didn't care about the scoring necessarily. He cared about helping his team. Yeah, he was known for, you know, doing, you know, out of, out of style, you know, things, uh, a lot of things like dyeing his hair or um, hitting a cameraman, things like that he is known for. But people undermine his actual ability on the court due to things like that. And people are forgetting about what an amazing player he was and how much he actually could add to a team because there's two things that I view it as a defensive player who cares about his team like Dennis Rodman he would rebound it pass the ball back out for a second chance versus someone who scores but they take up all of the possessions and Dennis Rodman was the first he would he would first rebound he would care about his team and he wouldn't eat up the possessions for himself. In fact, he would generate possessions for his team. And that's why I think he was such a useful asset during his entire career. Even though his stats didn't completely reflect it, his rebounding stats did. But even though he didn't score the most points or get the most assists out of, out of all, he was very much a useful player for any team. No matter what team you were, you would love to have Dennis Rodman. What do you think about that, Millen? Would you agree with that statement or not? I 100% would agree with that statement. I think it's definitely one of the most correct statements you've ever said. He just, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But in the grand scheme of things, I think that, I think he would have gone first overall. I don't think there's anyone in that draft class who's significantly better than Dennis Rodman. Uh, so I'm going to interject right there, sorry, but... um. Mark Price is better. I wouldn't say Scott's. I wouldn't say Scott Skiles, but, but Mark um, Price but a, is an amazingly underrated guard. He is, but he, he didn't hit, have. He you didn't know, Moneyball racks up. three point contests. They now have Moneyball racks. Yeah, Mark Price had had twenty seven in the three point contest without Moneyball racks. He was amazing. He was a deadly accurate shooter, and he is a certain vision because. I know that he's a 50, he's, on he's part of the 50, 40, 90 club. I know he's part of that, but Sachin, he couldn't, he wasn't, he didn't impact his team. All right. But um, with, with that said, let's move on to the next, Charles Barkley. And so Charles Barkley, Sachin, as you know, he was taking fifth overall. Do you want to get us started on Charles Barkley's um, co entire career and college accolades? I mean, more than accolades, well, sure, accolades, the major one really being his MVP. I wish I could say ring or finals MVP or both, actually. But as much as I wish I could, he did not get a ring at all during his entire career. And that most definitely affected his legacy. Um, people view him as a lot different because he didn't have a championship. Melon, would you agree that because Charles Barkley never won a championship during his career, that he is way lower on the all-time rankings than he should be if he won one? Definitely. I definitely agree. And so, to get started on Charles Barkley's college career, as you guys know, he went to Auburn. And so, he started off averaging a pretty solid... 12 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks. So not bad at all 
Then he improved. Then he just kept on improving for three years, and then he declared for the draft. And Charles Barkley. So, also while he was there, he also won a a um, SEC Player of the Year, which is an incredible accomplishment. So, Sachin, Sachin, I have one question for you. What's your favorite of Charles Barkley's nicknames? <laughs> um, gee, is it the round on the rebound or Prince of Pizza? <laughs> um, all right, wait, all right, sorry to interject, but um, I, I just want to just like, you know. I think but, you um, want to list a couple of them. I do, I do, but Sir Charles, the round man on rebound, the truckster, the truck wagon, the Prince of Pizza, the incredible boat, the leaning tower, piece of the bread truck, Bread, truck, and boy, George. Anywho, so, as you guys know, Charles Barkley was drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers in the 1984 NBA draft with the fifth overall pick. Really and sorry so, to interject again, but could I say one thing? Yes. Um, there are two things that he did. He actually didn't want to get picked by the Sixers. So he did two things. One, he ate... A lot of food. This was on purpose. Keep in mind, he did not want to get drafted by the Sixers. So he tried two things to foil their plan of picking him if they had one. Obviously, they still ended up picking him. And he said, he said after his career on TNT, he said, the, the, the feeling that I had when I heard the Philadelphia Sixers had picked, uh, 76ers had picked me was unmatched. I mean, come on. He first off, he ate a lot of food, and he wanted to get bigger and slower and seem groggier and seem like a terrible athlete on purpose. The second thing he did was he did terribly on the draft workout. So the Philadelphia 76ers wanted him to do a draft workout with them, a pre-draft workout, and he purposely did terribly, and yet they still picked him. So he didn't want to get picked by them. And obviously, he would leave in a couple of years itself. But, I mean, wow. Just think about that. And then you turn, and then you look at how his career turned out, and you see how if he made different choices, how that could have actually affected his career. Yeah, I most definitely agree with that. So, Sachin, on the topic of the 1984 NBA draft, we also have to notice that there have been some, there, there are some pretty big names there. Michael Jordan. No, 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 what are you talking Kimura about? Um, there's, that, that's a pretty small name, actually. You know, Michael Jordan, uh, I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah, small name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small name. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, not that, too that's important, really, you know? really small, you know. Um, but, yeah, I guess we should probably get into them. Uh, you want to start it off, Millen? Um, actually, I first want to say one thing about, we want to say where he would have been taken. And so, to be honest, I think he should have been taken third overall behind Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan, and then John Stockton at four. But now that we have that covered, let's move on to the next athlete, Dwayne Wade, with the fifth overall pick. So, Sachin, do you want to get started on Dwayne Wade and his college accolades and career? I really want to get started on Dwayne Wade and his career because to think he went fifth overall, like that's the thing right there. 
if you were to redraft this, how would you view it, Millen? Because I would say maybe LeBron at first, Wade at second, um, still Melo at third, and still Chris Bosh at fourth. But uh, Darko Milicic would not even be in the top ten. Oh, yeah. No, wait. No, no, no. He would be – no offense to Darko. Yeah, but then this this asks the question – is it just because of the system he was put into? First off, if Wade was actually second overall, he would be on the Pistons to start his career. No one knows if he would have stayed there or not. But imagine Wade on the Pistons. That would be imagine really- imagine imagine the Pistons being good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, but um, that that's the other thing. Darko Milicic. Firstly, Wade. I can say, what if he does terribly in the Pistons system? systematic players that is important players thrive in certain systems and fall in others each team has a different system they have a different idea of what works for them and what doesn't and certain players just will not fit the criteria for it for example Darko Milicic did terribly with the Pistons no offense Darko but what if he were to go third overall to the Nuggets what if he would he have played good in the Nuggets? We don't know. We cannot tell, and no one can. So that's the thing. We really can't tell about. That's the problem with drafts, and that's once again this is best exemplified with the upcoming draft. Because in the upcoming draft, Lamelo Ball can go sixth overall. He can also go first overall. Same thing goes for Anthony Edwards, Onyeka Okongwu can be in the top three or even first. It goes for almost all all of the top ten players in that team in the upcoming draft, slated at least um, in mock drafts, can possibly can be interswitchable, interchangeable. So this that's shown in this draft, but it's always been like that. You can never tell how a player is going to pan out for a certain team. And clearly the Darko and Pistons thing did not work very well. Milan, do you think that Darko could have uh, Darko Milicic could have thrived in a different system with a different team at that time? Yes. Or well, no? so most times when when NBA players they don't thrive in a system, they at least average like fifteen points per game. For example, Paul George he does not fit in well with the Clipper system, and he's averaging pretty solid numbers. But Darko, he averaged one point per game. So I don't think that there's a system that can be built around to fit someone like Darko Milicic. So, but back to like the main thing, we're talking about Dwayne Wade. So I think that there's no other reason for Dwayne Wade to change his overall more than one. I think that, I think that Chris Bosh is actually a better player than Dwayne Wade. And I stand by what I, I stand by that. I mean, also, we have to take into account the impact that Dwayne Wade had. He couldn't, he, he couldn't even make it to the playoffs without a fellow superstar to pair him with. Okay, um, I want to make sure I heard that right. You said, who again is better than Dwayne Wade? <sighs> I no. said that Chris... Millen! Yes, Chris Bosh is better than Dwayne Wade? Yes, Sachin! Come on! No way. 
you know, I don't want to have this argument. We can have this argument on a different episode, but <laughs> I think that we need to move on to the yeah, next. Yeah, we might be able to, like, rank Heat players or something. You might see that in a new episode that, of Daily Post. Good idea. So, Sachin, I think that this is one of the most dramatic players that we are going to cover. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was taken with the 13th overall pick by the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, the Charlotte Hornets. Such an, can, we just, can we just have, I, before, I mean, I, before we get into it, can we just have an eight-second moment of silence for the Mamba himself, Kobe Bryant? All right. All right. So, uh, Kobe and the 13th overall pick. I don't think it's a stretch saying he most definitely is number one overall. Oh, oh sorry. Um, one, one more thing. Can we have a 10 second? Can we have a 10 second moment of silence for the amount of playoff appearances the Hornets have made? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. Oh my god. Okay. But, yes. Continue. 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 Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. That that Charlotte team is just sinking. Um. But hey, on the bright side of the Hornets, they're somehow doing better. This year, the last year, that doesn't make too much sense to me, but okay. Uh, you can pay Terry Rozier $20 million as much as you want. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Kobe Bryant, 13th overall. And then the worst thing, well, not worst thing for us, the worst thing for the Hornets, they traded him to the Lakers. Are you kidding me? That was undoubtedly, undoubtedly, the greatest mistake of of Hornets history. I mean, come on. Kobe Bryant retired in what, 2016? He stayed in that he stayed with one team for his entire career, 20 years. So, let's just suppose the same exact thing happens and he stays with the Hornets for 20 years. Do you know how many good years they would have had? Most prob not probably not five championships. Potentially a championship team. Yeah, exactly. Probably not five also, championships, but at least one. At least one. Yeah. I mean, you have Kobe, Kobe Bryant just, on your team. Also, literally, they traded Kobe Bryant for Vlade Divac. I mean... Hey, you can't undermine Vlade Divac like that. He was still I'm a good player. He's, he's a good player, like a... A big a man who averages double, like double. five to six assists. Um, he never averaged more than five assists in yeah, his career. Assists. I mean, he's a big man. I mean, and five assists. So, 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 yeah, so, he's no Nikola Jokic. But, still, but he's, still he's not. He's not. He's not worth. He's, he's literally not the same as Kobe Bryant. Let's get that clear. You're not but worth it's Kobe. Not like he was a bad player. Not a bad player. So, um, I think what I need to do is I'm gonna break down where Kobe should have gone in that NBA draft. So, let's get started. As we know, Kobe Bryant was taken with the 13th pick. We already knew, know that we said it a bunch of times. So, in that draft class, you had the people that were, the good players that were taken above him were Ray Allen, Stephon Marbury, Marcus Camby, Allen Iverson, and Antoine Walker. Those were the best players that were taken above him. So, Allen Iverson, and Kobe Bryant, I think that Allen Iverson would have stayed at number one. I, in my opinion, he is 
insanely great player. I think that Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant, they're one and two. I don't know which one would go there, but they're one and two, most definitely. So Kobe should have gone either first or second. But the reason why he was taken there is actually, in my opinion, a really good reason. Kobe Bryant was a young kid out of high school. I mean, you, you can hardly even find videos of him as a high schooler. And, and it looked like the Hornets were right to select him that late in the draft because his first season, he averaged seven points per game. So it's, it's not like everyone, the, the, the Hornets realized they made a big mistake because in his first season, he averaged only seven points per game. But in the grand scheme of things, he should have been taken. And I repeat, he should have been taken either first or second. So now, Sachin, are you ready to move on to the second player, to the, um, to the most absurd taking of all time? Michael Jordan with the third overall pick. I would say Sachin, that the most absurd one, which we're going to get into, is Stephen Curry and his seventh overall pick. But continue, but, Melon. But, so, Michael Jordan... I know that some people might have mixed views, but as of now, he is the GOAT. And he was taken with the third pick. No. So, now we, we want to know, who was taken above him? Hakeem Olajuwon and Sam Bowie. Yes, Sam Bowie. The if seven Sam ones... Bowie didn't have the injuries that he did have, though, he probably would have had a much better career. He probably, yeah, but not worthy of a second overall pick. Yes. He's probably worthy of a 15th pick, maybe 16th pick. But I'd say, okay, sure. But could I get into a little bit of this? Because the yeah, view of, of course, the NBA of was very different. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, of course. Get into it. Tell me, uh, tell me all about it. So, yeah. So, the NBA was vastly different in 1984 than it is right now in 2020. All right, the very important thing, point guards, I think, can you agree on this, Melon? Point guards are the most important right now? Most yes, definitely, team. definitely. Point guards are the most important yeah. right now. We're currently in this NBA, you look for seven foot 19, I know that doesn't make mathematical sense, but you look for huge point guards that are like seven foot seven, seven foot eight, that doesn't actually happen, but point guards that can do everything on the court. That's essentially what people are, what draft, uh, what um, it, people are looking for at this point. However, in 1984, it looked so different. The center was the most important position. So that does, re that makes you realize why Hakeem was picked where he was. Michael Jordan was a shooting guard. And yeah, those were important, but they were nowhere near priority. Um, prioritized positions so and center most definitely was it blew everything else out of the water they wanted centers and centers that could play defense Hakeem could do literally everything on the court he is the he had the closest game to a quintuple double out of any player in NBA history and he almost did it twice he didn't do it once but two times he came either a couple steals or a block off of a quintuple double. So, I mean, he's insane. He is, he is easily the most versatile center of all time. Can you agree with me on that, Millen? Or do you agree with yes. me? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, is he could get steals for a center like crazy. 
insane player. Um, and he was a center. So those two combined definitely validates him as being the number one overall pick. Obviously, that wouldn't happen if they redid that draft. Even though they would value the center, they would still probably pick Michael Jordan. The Rockets would have probably picked Michael Jordan. But I think that considering the time, how no one knows what a player is going to turn out to be, and all of these factors, I think it makes sense that Akeem was first overall. But Millen, why do you think that Sam Bowie was second overall? Why do you think he was over Michael Jordan? After all, Michael Jordan was tearing it up in North Carolina. So why do you well, think Sam Bowie? So Sam Bowie is actually, in my opinion, a really interesting situation. So Sam Bowie, the college that he played for was, the, was Kentucky, okay? He played for Kentucky, and honestly, he looked really good. He was averaging 17 points per game in his best season, nine rebounds, and an assist, and a lot of blocks. So he was also looking like a versatile center that no one wanted to cross. And also, we have to take into account that Kentucky was a good team. And when you are playing on a good team in college and you average normal numbers, you get picked high. And so MJ should have been taken first. That's like the bottom line. And now let's move to number one, Steph Curry, seventh overall. Sachin, I'm going to let you – I'm going to I'm gonna give you a time limit, but I'll let you talk about this, all I, you. I don't think we need a time limit, but okay. Uh, Stephen Curry, I don't know where I'm supposed to start here. How about I start with idiot is the word to describe all of the teams who passed up on Stephen Curry. And the Warriors are goats. They're goats. They saw through. And here's another thing. It's similar to Charles Barkley not going to pick or not trying to get the Sixers to pick him. Stephen Curry wanted to go to the Knicks. I don't know if so, uh, some people definitely will know this, but a lot of people might not know that. Stephen Curry did not want to go to the Warriors. Once again, if you were to see, if they were to see the future and what would have happened, he would have said, oh yeah, I want to go to the Warriors for sure. But at the time, he really wanted to go to the Knicks because he wanted a big market that would promote him and his brand. And his family wanted that too. So they were trying to get, they were literally asking teams not to pick him. And um, he wasn't attending some workouts that he was invited to because he only wanted to go to the Knicks. So that's pretty interesting. And um, obviously he ended up going to the Warriors at seventh overall. But Millen, I'm going to let you do this because I don't want to hog all of it. But do you want to go into which players were picked over him? And why? Okay. Why so, do you think? I think for Steph Curry, I mean, there's just a lot that you could go into. So he was selected seventh overall in the 2009 NBA draft. And so the people that were selected over him were Johnny Flynn. Who's he, by the way? Okay, um, Ricky Rubio, Tyreek Evans, James Harden, and Hashim the Beat to beat, and Blake Griffin. So. Who is a certified bust in this? Well, Ricky Rubio, 
He's a bust. No offense, but he's a bust. He uh, it, to be is sort of no offense. Yeah, he's he's one of the biggest busts in recent history. And Johnny Flynn. Those are the main busts. So then when you narrow that down, you end up with Tyreek Evans, James Harden, Blake Griffin, and Steph Curry. And so then we can knock off Blake sorry, we can knock off Blake Griffin because no offense, his career has been going downhill at an at an alarming rate. Then you have Tyreek Evans, you can knock him off really easily. And so then you're left with Blake, sorry, then you're left with Steph Curry. Tyreek had a pretty good rookie year. He was rookie but, of the year. I mean, he didn't have, honestly, he, he has a career that he should be proud of. Like, except yeah, he has a the, career to be proud of. And except for the drugs, but like, a little bit. I wonder how long his career is going to end up being. It's not going to be long, but like, but um, then you have James Harden and Steph Curry. Then it gets to the point where Who's better, James Harden or Steph Curry? And oh, it's an on. easy Steph question. Curry, heartbeat. Alex Caruso. I'm kidding. No. Oh yeah, Steph yeah. No, no, no. I forgot about the goat himself, Alex Caruso. In this, yeah, Steph Curry. So it should have been Steph Curry number one, James Harden number two. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely agree with that statement. So uh, Blake Griffin going number one. I don't think this is that insane. I hate to say this again and again and again, but since we're making this episode of the podcast, I will have to. Back then, this is this actually made quite a bit of sense because Stephen Curry, he was obviously I just explained it, you know, he asked he literally him and his agent were going around asking teams not to pick him because he actually he wanted to go to New York which didn't happen for him, but he wanted to go to New York. And he was close, but didn't know Cigar. And um, that explains why he was so low. And then then you get into Johnny Flynn or Hashim to be second overall. And then you want to look at why they were picked so high. The first thing I want to get into is the first overall pick in Blake Griffin. Now, why would... Wait, 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 hold your horses. Hold your horses. Steph Curry never asked anyone to not pick him. Him and his agent did. They literally were telling teams not to pick him. They were telling um, teams not to pick him. We'll get back to you. So, um, in the description of this video, uh, of this podcast, if there's a link, that's the link to the article where it says that. But if not, then you know that it never happened. Okay. So, Sachin, you can continue on Blake Griffin. Okay, Blake Griffin was an uber-athletic forward out of Oklahoma. Blake Griffin was really he – was, he was a transcendent player, I should say, because Blake Griffin, you look at it from, once again, from that time, and you realize what a player he could have been. I mean, he's an amazing player, don't get me wrong. But I feel like his first years were somehow his best years, even though he's in his prime right now. He should be in his prime right now. Um, His first years were his best years, but they definitely lived up to the expectations. His first years in L.A. lived up to the expectations people had for him. He was supposed to be the guy who had a lot of energy and he would dunk on everybody and always give you guaranteed points and things of that sort. That was what he was expected to do. And I mean, he he did he did show up for that, but obviously, you know, he was the 11 rookie of the year, 
2011 Rookie of the Year because, you know, he got injured in the preseason. But Blake Griffin was selected because he was so out of the ordinary and people still just wanted to take a chance on him, you know? People wanted to take a chance on Blake Griffin and see what great of a player he could become. Obviously, even they knew that they were running a risk because not many players, not any, I should say, were like Blake Griffin before. So they were running a high risk of, what if this doesn't pan out? His style does not work with the NBA, and he's not built for endurance or something goes wrong. And that's what it actually looked like. When he got injured in the preseason, that's what it sort of looked like. But he came back, he revived all of that, and I mean, I guess that's probably why he was picked number one overall. At this point in time, the team was just like, you know what? We're not in too good of a state right now. We might as well take a chance because if it doesn't work, okay, so be it. We'll be trash, and then we'll get the number one pick the next year itself. Or he could be really good, and he could carry us out of the slump we're in, and he could bring us to one of the top teams in the league. And he did so. And another thing is, at the end of the day, as much as it sucks to admit it, at the end of the day, teams don't really care about if their team is good or not. If you give a team the worst players in the league, but you also make sure that their stands are always filled every game, and they're getting a lot of purchases for merchandise and jerseys, they will be so, they will be happy. But if you give them the best players in the league and nothing, the stands are all empty and nothing is bought, they're going to be mad. They're not going to hate it. Because at the end of the day, they don't really care about how their team performs, but they care about getting money, getting profits from what they're spending. And what they're spending is on their good players because good players attract more fans. So that's why teams actually try to be good. It's not because they feel good when they've assembled a championship winning team. It's because they want a lot of money. And that's not necessarily bad. People have to pay bills. But that's just the, the reality of it. And more than a ring, they were looking for Blake Griffin to sell tickets. He, he, was, their, he was their train to sell tickets. And that's exactly what happened. Anybody who watched it, I was way too young to watch the Clippers um, at this point in time in 2009 through 2011, 2012. I was way too young. But everyone who watched that knew, and even watching the highlights, those Clippers, the Lob City Clippers, were easily the most entertaining team possibly ever. Maybe more entertaining than the Showtime Lakers itself. They were really fun to watch. You couldn't count on them to win a ring for you, which kind of sucked, but in the regular season, they were the best team. Millen, would you agree with that statement? And why would, why would you agree with that? Who do, you, do you think the Showtime Lakers are better or more fun to watch than the Lobsters? No, 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 no. I definitely agree. They're one of the most fun teams in recent NBA history. And such an I'm sorry, but I'm going to end this episode abruptly with one last thing. You ready for this, Sachin? I hope you're ready. Stephen Curry. I hope. I... The Miami Heat are the most entertaining team to watch.
Thank you so much for listening to the 10th episode of the Daily Post podcast. If you like what you hear, please share it with friends. It really helps. And that is all for now. We'll see you next time.